Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Luke chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, uh, you can read up on the screen if you want to. But Luke chapter 1 is a story about really how Christmas started. It's about a teenager. She's a freshman at Nazareth High School. It's about a teenage unplanned pregnancy. Are you following me? And uh, if you got your Bible, Luke chapter 1 is what we're going to read tonight. Let's read it real quick together. It says this together. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, which angel? He was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man, uh, betrothed to a man named Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Say it with me. Don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son. Come on, the first gender reveal in the Bible right there. First ultrasound. We'll keep going. Um, it's going to be a boy. Come on, spoiler alert. And you'll call his name, come on, Jesus. And it goes on. It says he will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob like the sandlot forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I have never been on a honeymoon. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that which is uh, also when the, when the, uh, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, your, your relative, Elizabeth, is also pregnant in her old age and is in the sixth month of her who formerly was called barren. Verse 37, one of my favorites, for with God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I want to talk to you, come on, for like 10 minutes tonight, 15 minutes tonight on carrying Christmas. Is that all right? Carrying Christmas. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you would bless this time we have together tonight. I pray we have the best Christmas week in our lives. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, come on, say amen. amen. If you love the Lakers, come on, say amen. amen. I, uh, I love Christmas. I love, uh, I love all things Christmas. I think, uh, I think I remember a couple Christmases. I've only had two Christmases in my life that were unique, and there were Christmases that my wife was pregnant, just two. Uh, and my wife being pregnant, I, I always tell single people this, that there's actually a few variations of women. Uh, usually there's like a couple variations of guys. There's a single guy, there's a dating guy, there's a married guy. There's three versions. Women, there is single women. Come on. There's dating women. And when you're dating a girl, come on, always perfectly painted. Come on, always perfectly manicured. And then there is, uh, there's married version of your spouse. And that's when you find out that your spouse uh, strangles toothpaste, puts the toilet paper roll on backwards. There is a right way. Uh, this is when you find out things about that person that you did not know in dating or single mode. And then women have a, uh, an option that guys do not have. That is the pregnant version. And uh, things change. Things change. Now, don't get too excited, guys. Your wife's watching you right now. But uh, I do remember during Christmas, uh, Christmas, it just, it was fun. My wife was pregnant. We had pretty challenging pregnancies. I say we because she was on bed rest, but I think I gained more weight than she did. People brought food over to our house every night for, for months at a time. And uh, it was crazy. But I remember, uh, you know, pregnancy was amazing because 
Uh, we know this. When women get pregnant, they, uh, uh, a couple things happen. They start craving things that are out of the norm. Can we all agree on this tonight? My wife never liked Subway, does never desire to eat fresh in her whole life. She got pregnant, and all she ever wanted was Subway. I was going to Subway more than two times a day, people. That is, that is the truth. I do not lie. Come on, I get paid to tell the truth. Subway. She was eating, come on, fresh all day, every day. Thank God for the $5 foot long. Thing saved my life. If they were normal price, I would have refinanced my house. She was pregnant, literally, and I remember uh, she just craved Subway, craved Subway. And then eventually after a woman's pregnant long enough, uh, because of the life inside of them, it actually begins to alter their exterior. Now, now, it's never easy or comfortable to talk about. Um, but I had a low moment in my life. I only made the mistake one time, but I always encourage you, never assume that someone is expecting. Um, happened one time in my life. Luckily, I was at a family reunion. And uh, tough crowd. Uh, but I want you to know that when a, when a lady gets pregnant, what happens is, is that the life inside of them begins to affect the way they look on the outside. And the third thing that happens when, uh, when women get pregnant, usually good moms... They, uh, they might have uh, interests, desires, maybe they have appetites, maybe alcohol, maybe it's smoking. But great moms actually will yield their own personal preferences to actually value and protect the life of the baby that's inside of them. Pretty wild, right? I love this story, and I, again, I think that, um, if I could be honest tonight, I believe that Christmas to Mary is very similar to what Christmas is supposed to be for us tonight. You see, 2,000 years ago, there was, again, a freshman at, at Nazareth High. She was engaged to a guy who was a carpenter, and he was interested. He was really good at building, come on, countertops and uh, side, side coffee tables. And it was his skill saw that really, come on, won her over. And, and she's like, man, this guy can, come on, give me the living room of my dreams. And so Mary finds herself engaged to Joseph, and it goes on, and it says this, that while they're engaged, that she gets pregnant, and... The story is told that we just read about Gabriel, an angel, coming to her and saying, you're going to get pregnant. And actually, you know how everyone in life has a mission? You know how God doesn't make accidents? You know how every human being on the earth has a unique fingerprint because God wants them to all to leave an unusual, unique impression on the earth? You know how God doesn't make mistakes? You know how every one of you have a purpose? Guess what, Mary? Your purpose in life is to carry the physical presence of God. I want you to think about this for a moment. I believe that Mary is the very first human that was asked to carry the presence of Jesus. But she was never intended to be the last. I believe that Christianity, like it was to Mary, is the same today. Can I get an amen? And if I can't get a Pentecostal amen in the room, I'll get a Baptist head nod. Come on. You can give me a Latter-day Saint deep breath or a Catholic, come on, uh, sigh. Come on, give me something tonight. I'm telling you that I am a, fun, I am a believer in the fact that, that Christmas was about to marry what it's still about to us. She goes, well, how, how can this be? How can you carry the presence of God? How can, you, how can you get pregnant? And I said this earlier. If you missed this morning's message, you should have been here. But it's online. And, and I talked about earlier that Christianity with the shepherds is the same as with Mary. We know that Mary 
had a grace encounter. You know what Christmas is about? It's what, it's what Christianity is about. It's about an encounter with grace that you cannot earn or deserve. Religion's always trying to get you to figure out your way to earn God's approval, to get God to smile at you and wave, give you a thumbs up. Come on, throw some emoji that's positive at you. But I want you to know that Christianity is not about winning God's favor. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave God the greatest reason forever to love you. And so we see here that, that, that Mary has a grace encounter. She didn't pass out a certain amount of Bibles. She didn't go on a certain duration long missions trip. It literally says that one day in her town, an angel comes to her and says, Rejoice, you found favor with God. I believe that Christianity then is the same today, like Christmas. It's about a, it's about a grace encounter. What did he say at the grace encounter? Rejoice, you're highly favored. The Lord is with you. Watch what he says. Blessed are you amongst all women. That's a grace encounter. You know what else Christmas is about? It's the same thing that Christianity is about. It's not only about a grace encounter. It's also about a God moment. Her response is, how in the world would I carry physically the presence of Jesus if I've never even been, I mean, we don't have ultrasound machines. Are you sure it's a boy? You know? Joseph probably, <laughs> we'll keep going. I had a, if you guys knew what I held back, you'd think I'm funnier than I am. I show a lot of maturity up here on the stage. I, uh, I am convinced that Mary literally has a God moment. How do you know it's a God moment? Because God moments always usually are wrapped up in the same things as I read earlier in, the, in uh, this morning's services. Is the first thing, watch what Gabriel says to Mary. It's exactly what he said to the shepherds. He said, do not be afraid. You see, a God moment will always affect the way that you view fear. And I believe if fear is ruling your life, it's because God is not. When God is in charge of your life, fears diminish. And so I want to encourage you tonight that God moments cause you not to be afraid. God moments also give you a reminder that there's good news. Come on, you found favor with God. I want you to know that you're here tonight because the Bible was written to tell all of us what's right with us, not what's wrong with us. A lot of preachers get up here every week and they go, you know what, this is what's wrong with you. This is why you stink. This is why you deserve hell. But I want you to know that people believe in God, not because someone tells you how screwed up you are, but because someone tells us how good God is. That's why it is called the gospel. Come on. It's called the good news. Some churches, it should be called the average news. The not as good news. Or if you've been to some churches, it should just be called not good news. I believe that there's, there's grace encounters. There's God moments. And I believe this, that when you have a God moment, I'm a firm believer that every time you have an intimate moment with God, what happened to Mary begins to happen to you. You know what happens when you meet with God? Is that he begins to put some of his, thing, his, his seed, and he starts to put some of his imagination, and he starts to put some of the life of Jesus inside of you. And you know what's weird is that when, when a woman in, in, uh, conceives, there's no evidence of the conception right away. And some of you are like, you know what, Mark, I think I'm a Christian, but there's not really any evidence in my life of Christianity. If you were to ask my friends if I'm pregnant or if I'm a Christian, they would say, no, I don't know if you are a Christian. Not a lot of outside external evidence. But I, I believe this, that the longer, listen, a couple things. When you have an encounter with God, it'll always leave his presence inside of you.
And when you pray a prayer, like we pray every week at this church at the end of the service, and you say, God, come into my life, what happens is a new life comes inside of you. And you know what Christianity is all about? It's like what happened to Mary. She was carrying Christmas. And when you're carrying Jesus, you're carrying Christmas, three things will begin to happen to you. Are you ready? As the band comes up here. The first thing that will happen to you when you have an encounter with God and you begin to carry Christmas is, number one, it's really strange. Your appetites will begin to change. I don't know why the dark things I used to be addicted to, I no longer have an appetite for. It's really weird. No one told me to stop doing this. No one told me I can't watch that anymore. No one told me I couldn't smoke that, sniff this, go there, participate in that. But for some reason, my appetite for those dark things have lifted. And I would suggest, if you're going to clap for God, come on, give him a good hand clap. Save the golf claps for the golf course. You see, when you have an encounter with God, what will happen is it's not you willpowering your way into a better appetite. When you actually, like Mary, have an encounter with the Most High, He actually does something inside. His presence, His Spirit comes inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit, I want to warn you, when He comes inside of you, it's really strange. You start craving what He wants. That's why no one has to get up here and say, you can't do this, you can't do that come to Ocean's Church, you know this, we don't preach cans. We preach cans. You can't do this, you can't that, you can't this. What I say is you can know the Holy Spirit. And you can be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And when you are, you know what will happen to you? No one will have to tell you what you can't do. Because all of a sudden, number one, your appetite begins to change. I don't know why I've never craved Subway, but all of a sudden I want Subway. I've never really felt like reading. I never liked to read. In high school, I read one book all through 12 years of school. That's a true story. It was The Outsiders. Come on. One book. That's all I read. I felt really bad about myself, but I was listening to Bill Johnson's testimony, and he said the same thing. He read one book through high school. I'm like, there is a God in heaven. There's hope for me. You know what I believe is that I didn't, I didn't willpower my way into becoming a reader. But what happened was is that when the Spirit of God moved inside of me, when I invited him in, you know what happened? Is that all of a sudden his appetites begin to take over mine. And I didn't like to listen to worship music, and all of a sudden I'm like, I just want to listen to more of that, that song on the hill. Oh, hill song? I want to listen to some of that. And I started craving these, these songs and these music, these bands that I never liked to listen to before. It was weird. No one told me to throw away my bad music. But all of a sudden, like, man, that's like verbal pornography. I don't really like the way that sounds anymore. No one told me I couldn't listen to it. All of a sudden, I lost my appetite. And you know what happened after that is uh, it was weird. All of my friends were like, Mark, you're different. What's happened to you? I didn't tell them I was a Christian. I didn't tell them I was expecting something great. I didn't tell him I was going to start a church one day. I didn't tell him I was going to be some super, super Jesus lover. I didn't tell him I was going to marry a supermodel. Come on, somebody. Favor of God. I didn't tell him that. You know what happened, though, is that I actually, uh, I started actually creating a space inside of me for Jesus. And the bigger he got inside of me, the more it actually affected the way I lived on the outside. 
Some of you are like, Mark, I don't know if I'm really like, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. There's not a lot of evidence of pregnancy in my life, Christianity in my life. And I would just tell you, you either need to have an encounter with God if you haven't had one. And if you have had one, you know what you need to do? Is you need to start feeding that new life inside of you. Because when you feed the baby, that thing will continue to grow. And the longer you carry his presence, the larger he gets inside of you. I believe a lot of people are actually aborting God's plan and purpose for their life because they're supposed to carry him for nine months and they give up after two weeks of church. So I'm telling you, if you come once a year for Christmas, we're glad you're here, but I'm telling you, give God a year of your life. It's funny that we expect God to change our lives in one service, but it takes nine months to create a new life. I feel like preaching tonight, man. I better settle down. I, uh, I believe that when you have an intimate encounter with God, come on, Mary, come on, Mark, come on, Rochelle, when you have an intimate encounter with God, it'll change your appetite, it'll alter your appearance, and here's the craziest thing, no one will tell you to stop going to bad environments, all of a sudden, you're more interested in protecting his life inside of you than you are in participating in your old vices. I'm telling you tonight, it's my, my premise for Christmas, as you stand your feet, come on, quietly stand so we don't destroy the room we're going to sing some Christmas songs but I don't ask you tonight we're going to sing these songs it's going to be fun but can I just ask you a serious question before we get celebratory can I ask you tonight have you ever had have you ever really had a uh, intimate encounter with God how do you know you had an intimate encounter because I'll tell you it'll start changing your appetites right. a real encounter with God it'll actually affect the way that you actually look on the outside what do you mean look I mean like when you used to value football more than God on Sunday mornings, all of a sudden you're like, no, I just, I need my kids to see me worshiping God more than I, they see me worshiping the Raiders on Sunday. Because Raider fans aren't going to heaven. They know that. That's stuck in. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I, uh, I want you to know that uh, I want my kids, I always say this, I want my kids to catch me worshiping God. I want my kids to catch me praying. Because we always say, well, you know, you teach, you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. And if we want our kids to love God, come on, we always say, go to, you know, you should be, have good morals and have good ethics and be honest and be integrous and pretty much do all the things the Bible tells you to do. But just do it, but like, let's not be like all the time Christians. We only go to church every week, come on. But I want to tell you that your kids will reproduce who you are, not what you tell them to be. People always ask my in-laws, they said, how in the world did you start a church from scratch, raise three kids, and all three of your kids serve God from the very beginning of their life, and all three of them are in ministry at a high level? How did your kids never rebel? How did your kids never fall away from God? How come they never went and sowed their wild oats? What made your kids different? And my in-laws' humble response was, is we modeled to our kids that God was a priority every week. We... We were the same Mondays as we were Sundays. We love God. We pray normal. We worship God throughout the week, not just during the three songs on Sunday morning. I want my kids to catch me writing big checks to the church. I want my kids to catch me serving. Come on, meeting with people, loving people, helping people in need. And I want to ask you on this Christmas week celebration night, have you had an encounter with God that has actually on the inside of you changed your appetites. And here's the good news. If you haven't, you're like, oh, 
pretty much the same person my whole life. There's a place tonight as we close to say, God, would you please come tonight and would you actually, I invite your spirit to come inside of me and would you actually start a new life? They call it the pregnancy glow, right? What's the pregnancy glow? Is that a woman, come on, it's known a man and there's something growing inside of her that causes her exterior to shine. I believe that Christmas is about people that have had an encounter with their God that are actually shining for God because they're carrying Christmas on the inside. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.